Welcome back to Kingwell's Court, episode 18 is on its way to you, my friends. And yeah, I'm still here. <laughs> Can't kill a good thing or a bad thing, I don't know what you fucking call it, but... Anyway, I'm here with some special friends tonight. I really, really dying to talk to these boys for a long time, and... Finally, they bring something out that we can have a chat about, you know what I mean? But anyway, two good friends of mine, and that's Ives and Hoytham from the Dystopian Project. How are we? Hey Carl, how you doing? Great. How's it going? Very good today. Very good. Yes, yes. How are we all keeping? And uh, have we, we all started visiting friends yet? Now that the 20k is okay? I don't have any friends, so... <laughs> oh, I, I, can, I can vouch for that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, have, you have acquaintances. <laughs> People that tolerate I, you. I know. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's been strange times, hasn't it? Absolutely. Very strange times. Absolutely, and... Yeah. Before we go on and like them, you know, where we're getting involved in this all Ireland project thing. Yeah. Um it's gonna be very interesting. I can't we can't really talk about it too much, but I think it's gonna be a really cool project to get off. I the think ground. so, yeah. I and think a lot Go on. Sorry, go on. No, go on. I think I, I think a lot of people, you know you, you see it in the news every day about, you know, uh, businesses shutting down or, you know, people don't have a livelihood and it's, it just seems that, and I think I can vouch for pretty much everybody here, that, that nobody speaks about what's happening to musicians or people in the music industry. Yeah. They're absolutely destroyed by this, but it doesn't warrant the front page news. It doesn't warrant, you know, you know, it doesn't factor into what people see as the economy, you know. Yeah. So I think this is like a necessary thing to do. It's a good thing to do to have, you know, musicians who are like really struggling, really struggling. Yeah. You know, to, yeah. to, to have something to do, to be honest. Exactly, and to kind of re, you know, kind of give a bit of life into the the the, 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 the music scene. Yeah. Not just it, only the metal scene, but the music scene in general. Music scene, yeah. So it'll be very interesting. Keep an eye on this on this space, and yes, myself and Hoytham will be doing a project together, <laughs> which will be very very cool. And um, yeah, just look look at this space. Anyway, that's enough for the little plug out of the way. Dystopian project. Welcome. <laughs> um, we, as I said, you guys have been playing music a long time, and, and not like just as long as me, actually, which is fucking ages, like you know. But um, you weren't obviously weren't always in the Stopping Project. Ives, tell me about your background, if you don't mind. Yeah, I mean, um, well, my first ever band was with Item. We've grown up together since we were kids, and wow. so <clears throat> we played literally in a garage in our friend. Ferk's garage. Um, I didn't have a microphone stand. I had seven, no, I had like five proper car tires and a big piece of wood jammed in and then a mic taped to the piece of wood Brilliant. that I played and sang through my bass amp at the same time, which was a no make heap of shit. And uh, yeah, that was our first band. Heights would rock up in a school uniform and uh, a Stratocaster copy with no paint on it. And 
Um, Ferg played drums in this like beat up sunburst. But no. Oh no, it wasn't sunburst. It was like no paint scratched off and. <laughs> And uh, yeah, then Ferg, the drummer, made of ours, he had this hodgepodge piece of kit with the snare, it was a marching snare, big, deep thing. And <laughs> uh, we were just, you know, we were we were kids. Man. We're like, yeah, we were 14, 15, give it a load. Thought we were the greatest thing going, you know. And uh, yeah, and then just loads of bands, little prog bands and, you know, stint and rock bands. And, you know, uh, a, couple of back, a couple of years ago, I was in a metal band, front of the metal band for a long time. And when that kind of, that kind of came up, Ran its, ran its life for me. I moved on. Um, I reached out to Hytham and said, listen, man, are you doing anything? Let's, let's put together what we've always wanted to do. Uh, we stayed in touch. We played the same bill as each other for ages. And we just never, since we were kids, we never kind of got it together to do another project. So we went down to the local pub. Hytham drank a few beers. I was driving. I had loads of cups of tea. Uh, and then... <laughs> That's true. I can actually vouch for that. That's true. Yeah, I was buzzing off the wall with cups of tea, <laughs> and um, yeah, we the, the dystopian project was kind of born in that little kind of meeting. Within a week, we had a band, like a full band. Like Darren, uh, our drummer Darren, he um, he was in the last band of me. He, he was like, "Listen, I, I'm interested. Let's go." And uh, that was that was it. He, he hit the bricks. He was free. He was like, "Yeah, count me in." Phil formed, Phil fell soon, came in right in after that, and uh, a few others who've since moved on. And yeah, uh, yeah it's uh, that, that was it. It was the fastest band I've ever, I've ever been a part of putting Brilliant. together. Like, you know, yeah, just kind of came about. Yeah, it was just kind of came out. And the two of us were like, listen, both of us front men, both of us fronted our, our own bands. We're like, you know, do we want to do that again or do we want to have someone else do it? We can kind of step back a bit and know be around so we're like yeah maybe we throw a female vocal in there and so that the front man duties doesn't rest on either one of us we can both back up and do parts and interchange and concentrate on the singing and the harmonies mm. while having someone who's much younger than us standing in the front <laughs> um, <laughs> we don't have you know so these l lads in the middle combination age of, a, of 80 you know like playing away <laughs> so um so yes yeah, so but that's two was like yep that sounds like a plan and, and away we went like lovely and Hyden, tell us a bit about your background after yeah. the, the garage band of course after the garage <laughs> band i just i just like to point out that that, that band was called uh tantalus after the torment of tantalus the figure from greek mythology oh. yeah. and, uh, what do people call us ivan talentless <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh yeah but, uh, so, so yeah after that uh i i was in a band for for a good few years with uh, a good friend of mine on drums call ourselves uh it was actually wrench and then it became breathe mm. and uh that kind of morphed eventually into into eyes closes you know and that's where i kind of met you carl yeah. you were playing yeah. with atomic drop that's right yeah and uh we, we did lots of things you know we released loads of vps and finally got to release our album back in 2009 we actually went over to uh sweden with jens Bogren. he produced yeah. it mixed it mastered it that was like great you know if anything i have that you know and uh, that was fantastic it was a brilliant album i remember oh thank you mm-hmm. uh, it was really fun to make and really difficult to kind of put into words how good it actually was the experience you know and then i was also in a band called luther we did a tour back in 2007 uh, in europe and uh back actually 10 years ago to this day i would have played a gig in las vegas there wow so we were over there for a good while and again, I got back from America after about 10 months on tour 
Mm-hmm. And uh, again, as you know, Ivan called uh, called me up, and the rest is history. Yeah. Awesome. And um, see, were Luther really like were they big like yours? They were fairly like I mean, you know, in in Europe they were big, in Germany they were fairly big. Now I wasn't part of the initial album, but they they'd done many tours, you know, yeah. over in yeah. over in Germany and Europe. Before I, I came on board, you know. Same old story. They have to leave the country to do something. Yeah, sadly, always, always, yeah, always the way. Yeah. Um, but sure, look, we're here now with the Dystopian Project, which is awesome. I, and I think that we've only played one gig together, and it was an, unfor- an unfortunate one, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, we had it all set to go, and then, you know, Poor Darren had a very bad accident. And yeah, geez. that was it. You know, crutches couldn't play, and for drummer who couldn't hold a stick, I completely was it prolapse discs. Was just nightmare. Two, two discs. Two, yeah, guy was out, out, out for the count. So we salvaged it. It's like you guys, you know, stood up. We're like, can you take over the headline? And we're like, yeah, fantastic. Then Creep said, yeah, we'll play an extra set, and then we switched to an. We opened the night acoustically. Yeah. And, what? Uh, it was weird. <laughs> it it's was very weird. Strange, yeah. It was weird. The place was just packed, and it was just it was so we had to sit back and rethink the songs. Mm. Like, what what do we do? How do we like? You got like we're a prog rock band, so like you got these nine minute songs. You're going <laughs> with like, these massive solo sections, and like <laughs> yeah, you know? you're really right down to it like that, you know. Um, and that kind of bore the. I see the idea for this EP, I suppose. Um, mm-hmm. This EP was a whole, this is like a whole year delayed, like a whole year delayed okay. uh, the, with the with the travel ban, you know, because we do all of our stuff in our own studio and we have our own, you know, all of our own gear and we do all the recording ourselves and we send it mm-hmm. away to be, to be mixed and mastered. Travel ban, gone, can't get to your stuff, can't mm-hmm. get down to the room, can't do nothing. So we're like, it's all sitting there. So eventually we were able to get a hold of it and, um, we hide them, did a mastering of the last of the two kind of acoustic songs that are on it. But the whole idea was kind of, um, like, do we want to wait another while to write another load of tracks and put them out? Or do we get out a couple of songs that we already have versions of that we've performed, but we need to record them? We did videos for them, but we're like, let's actually make them the same volumes and all that kind of stuff yeah. to go with it. Yeah. And we said, like, we kind of cool to do an acoustic version of two of the, you know, big kind of songs that we have you know yeah. so one of the tracks on the album is a uh, is a, another song we have called dystopian which is our album EP, which is off our first release mm-hmm. and that's a big nine minute or ten minute like really extremely heavy fast bombastic tune and we try to be kind of cool to do a nice three minute really acoustic version of it pull back what we think makes it interesting we're the, the harmonies and the interplay with the three and the male and female voice and yeah. stick it into a shorter one and then the other kind of acoustic song on it is a three, four minute version of a 20 minute track that we have <laughs> on our second EP. Jesus. And that, that's a three song cycle. And this is an acoustic version of part three, which, because okay. we messed around with it. We're like, what, what, what lends itself to the acoustic part? So the first part, a lot of acoustics were like, well, that's not much of a challenge. But the third part is like nine minutes long and really heavy and huge kind of solos and all that kind of stuff. And that we thought would be more interesting to kind of condense into a into a kind of acoustic version. That's so, yeah. a cool, yeah, it's a cool concept. When you when I now know I know you've I know you have told me about this before, Ives, but 
you know, I, I, I've, a, I've a head like a sieve sometimes. But it's cool to hear the story of how you've kind of adapted those songs to acoustic. You know, I've always wanted to try that. Now it's probably <laughs> with my own stuff, you know, but uh, I always say to the lads and they're like, yeah, yeah, we'll do it, we'll do it. And they never do. <laughs> it's, it's weird. It's, it kind of makes you, and like Hytham will agree with this, I think, it kind of makes you look at them differently. It makes you look at what you think the hook is and what you think makes the song interesting is it the crazy solo is it the mental fast drums or double kick or you know or is it the interplay with the voices is it the lyrics is it the mm. the initial melody that kind of pushes pushes through yeah and it, it's weird it's like metallica did a thing there um just drew lockdown last year it was for charity and it was a live acoustic gig it's the clo- closest thing to being to a gig like you buy your ticket it all goes to charity yeah. 15 dollars whatever and it was on at night. It was on two in the morning, two in the afternoon, LA time, but night time here in Dublin on a, on a Saturday night. Yeah. So glasses of wine, sat and watched it, and it was brilliant. And they did acoustic versions of songs which you just wouldn't expect. <laughs> brilliant. And that kind of stuff was really cool, you know. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, like, just in terms of, as I said, like me, I, like you would never expect Two Tales of Woe to do acoustic versions of their songs because let's be honest, the feckin' strings would be hanging off the the acoustic at this stage. But it's something I'd always, I've always wanted to try, yeah. and uh, I just, I think it's a great, I think it's great. The four tracks are fantastic, I have to say. Thank you. you. Know, they're really, and I, and my, and of course, being me, my favorite part of the band is the vocals. It's savage. The tree is the guy. Is it? Is it? Is it Steph on the on the EP? Is it? Yeah, it's Steph on this EP. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she, yeah, she her voice works really well with the two years, I have to say. It's fantastic voice. Yeah. It's it's kind of funny because um myself and Hytham were both from the James Hetfield School of Singing. Yeah. And we're really, yeah. yeah. And when we're recording sometimes we'll overlap and you'll sit there and go, which is Ivan and which is Hytham. Yeah. So we have it it's called Hyven now, which is just this <laughs> perfect harmony between the two of us is the Hyven vocal that just kind I of love her sits in there but um Hytham does his best Rod Halford impression on the first track actually if you can hear it in the chorus yeah um, <laughs> give, give, that that's that's the one for the streps as lozenges that one is there I don't know, I don't know how you did that man painfully <laughs> I'd say so yeah <laughs> hey, it's I, great. I just want to say there as well that like I mean I don't think that in any other band that I've been in that I would have been able to do acoustic versions mm. I think it's something that uh, lends itself to the way that we actually write the music, the way we do it, we focus, you know, on the actual chord. So what is the core of the song? And for the most part, it's it's the main melody and, of course, the interplay of the vocals together. Yeah. So once you have that, we find that we could probably adapt anything to acoustic, you know? Well, not anything, but... You could give it a go. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, even through that... It- through that kind of examination of the tracks for um and this is all this kind of gave in darren the, the, our drummer darren gave a new spin to one of the songs that we've it's one of our live staples it's one of the ones that everyone seems to like it was our first kind of single and uh we were doing it acoustically and darren with his with his crutch was like why don't you try and do it like this and he we cut out a whole front of it where it's just one guitar and one voice and yeah. then we kind of come in and we're like that's a really interesting kind of way and you know, we're tying with doing that performance of that song that way live, and it well, comes yeah. in, and you know, just because it's what you've won, you've the single and the video, and you've one version of it, 
so we can still do another version of it of it live and it can just be a little bit different just to chat make it interesting for you you know exactly, for, yeah. for, for us and yeah so we're like it was just that kind of stuff those kind of examinations of arrangements how do you put one thing against another um yeah i i, I do love doing that it's kind of my favorite part of especially with this band like this band is no shortage of ideas it's it's actually quite difficult you're in the room and it's just idea 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 and you're like gee just yeah. let's try and line them up and and, and get get through them um, I, think, I think we've got about i'd say we've probably got about 12 songs almost ready to go that we haven't even well, touched yeah like so, they're just, and we're going back and revisiting some and checking out mm -hmm. others it's like height them and phil are just like riff ideas they just like phil's the, the guitarist yeah uh, phil dolan and they're just riff ideas that come out and because they're so very different styles like height one style phil's another style it's great so they don't overlap there's not like it, it's it's really it makes a lot of cool interplay between the two guys you know yeah, um, uh, what was I going to say to you, them as in terms of your guitar partner, you yeah. have, have a different style to each other, but you seem to work really well together. It does absolutely work well together, yeah. It's like I would, I am the kind of, I would more, I'd more so be the rhythm, the low kind of rhythm, and Phil always does the, the, the higher parts, you know, and the melodies, and it really works, whereas, you know, in, 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 in pretty much every band and a lot of metal bands as well you, you generally have the two guitar players playing the same thing yeah until you get to a solo and you've got this solo part that stands out but i think what's great about film itself is that we can just we blend it together in such a way that we both play different parts but they just think yeah. it's, it's a nice chord really to do them and yeah. phil's extra finger comes in really handy for the <laughs> look at him huh <laughs> i tell you it's great when you have that kind of you know, um, what would you say? That kind of relationship with your bandmates that you can connect so well, you know, with a, with a, with a song or a sound. And to be able to be that confident as well, to dissect, well, not even dissect it, but, but to, you know, re-mess re around and, you know, bring out something different out of it. That's brilliant. It, it's, it is, it's, it's fun. It's not without its challenges. You've got four very <laughs> big personalities in a room who have very strong ideas of what way things should be and you know you know always at it you know i want to do this way this should be like this way so it's hearing out everyone's ideas and but the way i look at that when i see things and they, they can get heated you know we're all people i see that as just passion for you want it to be the best thing yeah nobody's pushing for nobody's pushing for their part nobody's mm -hmm. going i want my bit to do this well i don't want your bit to do it. it's pushing for the song i want yeah. the song to go this direction I think it's better served by doing this. It's not about, I want my solo longer, I want my vocal higher, I want my drums louder. It doesn't work that way, um, which is which is refreshing. I, I have to say, I find that refreshing when the arguments are only about the creation of the track, not about the selling of your part, which yeah. I do, which is good, which is, which is easy, I suppose. I think we're all such long, we're all kind of long in the tooth now at this stage. There's no proving needed to be done at this stage. Yeah, you have definitely proved yourselves, in fairness, you know, along the way. So, um, yeah, yes. And as you said, just along in the two, you know, but, you know, we said in an interview a while ago, someone said, how old are you guys? There was a few of us, and we're like, I said, well, put it this way. Some of us are pushing 40 and others are pulling it. <laughs> yes, I think, yes. I think at this stage, we're all pulling. All pulling it. Yeah, no, we're all pulling it now. <laughs> Tell me this. Um, do you have a vocalist at the moment? A main vocalist? 
we had a chat about it and we were like, what are we going to do? Because family gets in the way of so many things for people and other commitments, which is like yeah. absolutely fine. So we were thinking about with the name, the dystopian project, because unfortunately for our last show, Steph just couldn't make it. She just wasn't able to do it. We're like, what are we going to do? So we actually invited to share the vocals amongst two different singers. Uh, and it played great. We're like, that was actually really good. And we were thinking about it, well, let's kind of do it that way. So we'll invite female vocals in for certain songs. And myself and Hythe will take over the main vocal duties for the next kind of tracks going forward. But obviously playing the older tracks and stuff, we'll invite people along to do them. Like doors are always open, Steph will come back and do more. And it's just, we're going to kind of keep it that way where we're not, we're not putting pressures or we're not, um, you know, making people say, listen, it's all or nothing. You're joining or you're not. We're kind of, we're, we're the four kind of creative elements and we'll continue with that and we go hey you'll be great for this you be interested brilliant you come in lay it down and we'll worry about that playing it live later yeah really really leading into the name as you say of the of the band which is great yeah it, it is it's, it, it's kind of funny um when the name came out a big argument against the name by somebody was we're not a project we're not a bunch of people that are transient in and out. And it's kind of funny that it's kind of turning that way. No, I, I, I kind of like it because it makes when we're writing the track, because usually when we were writing a song, uh, like, like Hytham would put most of the melodies, I'd come up with the lyrics when we're coming that way. And you're sitting there going, I'm writing for a woman to sing this mm. sometimes. And Hytham be like, a pitch in a certain level. And you'll come in here, Ivan, and I'll come in here or whatever. And now we don't have to do that. Now we'll just write it and go, your voice here maybe maybe your voice here and mm -hmm. a voice in here and that's who will we get to do this one will we know yeah. x y and z we'll ask hey listen we wrote this track we think you're perfect for it are you interested mm -hmm. and the way things are going now i mean who knows when we're going to be playing regularly again yeah. it's the perfect medium yeah. to do it once we're back in you know get the songs ready to go i mean during the brief break in our in our lockdown there last year we were able to hash out a couple of tracks brilliant so we've got skeleton ideas for some we've got four kind of ready now that we just need to record essentially really we need to get that recorded and we'll have it out there we'll have another and, one out awesome. yeah and, and i mean in, in in a way like it's 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 i mean what we're what we're kind of planning on doing is maybe for the next few songs is you know Ivan and myself may take on the the lead vocal mantle for a particular song Mm. or not it just depends when we get down to recording it and we hear how it sounds yeah we may go actually you know what no we actually need a female vocal yeah but yeah. you're not restricted to just a, a female vocal as such exactly exactly yeah, yeah. and it could be just this one party though you know that just that one section there i think we need a female vocal yeah and then we can hopefully get somebody to come in and sing it yeah and we're lucky enough that we have a <laughs> bunch of people who we know that we can go you're perfect for this part yeah. And we've already spoken to lots of them. They're like, yeah, can't count me in. Deadly. So, yeah, so the core element of the band is there anyway, at least. And then, as you say, you can get the the, the friends in to help, which is always yeah, great. You, you, the creative element is there. You know, you've got the you got the riff writers, you've got the bouncer, and you've got the ringleader. And so in the room, they're all, they're the roles we all kind of fit into, um, which, is, which is great, you know. And the executioner, of course. Yeah, God, remember him? <laughs> Jesus, they were good. They were good photographs back in the day. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. people used to meet me and go, um, 
you look so different. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not covered in blood and killing someone. So, <laughs> so yeah, I look different. Deadly. Um, yeah, it's 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 hard to imagine when I suppose music in general is going to come back, isn't it? It's tough. Really difficult, you know. In a meaningful way, yeah. As in, yeah. Like, you know, like you're starting to see a couple of bands putting putting little bits and pieces out. We managed to get ours out. Uh, Dead Labels release as well. Yeah. Um, you know, they're they're getting it out there, and it's 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 just difficult. You know, I mean, not everybody has a recording studio at home. No. Not everybody's able to do yeah. that, and and even then, if you can do it, if you want to get it mixed and mastered, not everybody can can do those things, and so it is it is very very tricky. Mm. Uh, and in terms of getting technique, we all hate this and we all miss fibbers. When is that going to be back to its mm. kicking self? You know, so it's th those kind of things you don't. That's, that's it. Like it all, it doesn't. It really all comes down to to numbers, and it comes down to the amount of bodies you can have in a particular venue. You yeah. know, that that is deemed to be you know safe. Yeah, and, and then is it worth the venue's time? Like, exactly, you know, is it worth their time or money, depending on. But then even look at the money. Like you can have a venue. And you can only have 100 people and if the tickets will cost loads because hasn't uh hasn't has an iron maiden cancelled their yeah no, it's till, it's till now, next, yeah. yeah the whole tour is pushed back to next whole year pushed back to 22. jeez yeah what's happening left right and center though you know yeah you know like i don't i i i don't think we'll see it we'll see any kind of gigs this year you know? oh, no, I don't think we will. I mean, and you'll see. I mean, and the only bands to be able to kind of arrange and push back are the huge ones who can huge actually ones move exactly. their tours and their festivals back. Local, local Joe, that's not happening yeah. for a long time. And that's it. It's it's bands like ours that will still need places to stay open. Exactly. What do we do if we lose, say, a Fibbers or whatever? There isn't even that many left for us to play in, in Dublin, lads. Still, isn't there? No. no, I mean there was there was there was Fibbers, there was the Grand Social. Um, that's all I can think of at the top of my head, to be honest. Yeah, like that at the moment, I think that's really all that's left. Yeah, unless less for us because our drum kit's so big. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like some sort of a spaceship or something. It's, <laughs> it's yeah, it's actually the only one of its kind in the world. Really? Yeah, was yeah. at the Dharma in LA in 2010 with another band, previous band, you know, getting the deal sorted, which never came. And uh, Darren was like, hey, listen, man, if I see something special here, I'm just going to get it. We're like, OK, cool. So I was across the road in the Guitar Center in, you know, Hollywood Boulevard. You know, yeah. That one? yeah. And uh, there's a Sam Ash right across the street. And he rings me. And I'm like, what? He goes, come over here. So we ran over and there it was, the Geosphere, this thing. And he was like, I'm, I'm getting it, I'm getting it, I'm getting it. And so, yeah, he got it. And they were like, yeah, it was made as an exhibition piece. And then company who made it were like we'll make it so someone can actually use it wow. it was first off it was an extra piece to show off all the bits of hardware so mm. you couldn't fit behind it it was just a kind of a <laughs> yeah it was just to show you what it could what, what you could do you know you kind of mix and match and then they were like we'll actually make a version of it that you can use and the sam ash got the only one and darren bought it and they shipped it back to ireland in pieces and Jesus. Took, us, took us days because it came with no instructions and days how to put it together but now we have it down a kind of cracks open and comes off and so we have it we have it down pat now 20 minutes and it's up well but uh man it's heavy <laughs> and of course when, when you have something like that that's a spe like it's a good it's a cool looking spectacle you'd have to have it on the stage wouldn't you oh you do you yeah. do like we've we did a couple of, we did a show 
back in the early days and uh, it never kind of it was supposed to be for like a filmed version of it and it, it just didn't work out in the end we we did it in uh was it wasn't the helix it was the it's axis the theater of Ballymon. Theater, Ballymon, yeah. amazing place and so we rented it and we invited all our family and friends we did a kind of our first kind of show and it was like, it was like 40 or 50 people it was just all of our mates and it was supposed to be filmed like a live thing it was our full setup okay. like, we had all of our lights we had everything like it was no space was not an, was not an issue, and uh, we were able to use it at its full capacity. Like, and it was it, oh, it was brilliant looking. So it was deadly. Now it was a shame the footage never actually got sorted. But um, I hate when that happens. Yeah, you know, it was minimal cost, so we were, we didn't mind really. Yeah. Memories uh, are great. Oh, absolutely. But still, it's annoying. It's like me. Uh, I don't know how them. If you remember, we did a when when Ronnie James Dio died. We did a memorial, a tribute gig concert in the Bun Factory. And what we had done was, because you know yourself, everyone knows that we play down in fucking drop G and B and A and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. So what we did was we <clears throat> we did half of our set as our own set. And then the other half of the set, we all played in standard tune. And because so we had a, a changeover, first time ever that we changed over the yeah, gear and played all the Sabbath D and Dio stuff in standard tune. Mm. And uh, there was one copy of the feckin' gig video and it was lost. Ah, you know, the only thing that's left from it is there's a video of us doing Heaven and Hell on YouTube. Yeah, and but it was like I'm just gonna say, yeah, memories are great, but it's but. You know, you, you want to see these things again, you know? Yeah, big time. <laughs> on, on, on something similar, that same note, the band I was in, Breathe, with uh, Michael, and actually Andrew Chibby as well. Uh, he was playing bass. Uh, the entire, we had eight songs, and we done we, we did them down at Sonic Studios. Jeez, oh. This is in 96, 97, maybe. Sonic Studios uh, on Cable Street. We've lost that. We don't know where that is. All those eight songs. I couldn't even remember the songs. Jesus, you know, they're just gone. And that's that. Like again, that's that's part of your history, and it's awful yeah. when you hear stuff like that. You know, um, it's, it's funny that the two bands back. I was in a kind of a rock band, not metal at all, called Play, and um, the guy is kind of with lockdown. What we're going to do? You know, whatever. You know, kind of bored and. One of the lads who was in the band, he um, actually two of the guys from the band. One, one actually has his own radio show with Gary and Justin is an award-winning graphic designer so Justin did a whole lot of videos for the songs on the album that has been out like 17 years and then he put the album up on iTunes and stuff and put a new Brilliant. cover on it and it was just a real nostalgia trip you're looking back at it you're going oh Jesus like <laughs> never forget awful. your past and never be ashamed of it but there's one of them one of the guys we filmed remember Apple Rock Studios yeah I do uh, yeah we filmed a video in Apple Rock Studios, and I have no memory of this being filmed. Now, that could also have to do with the fact that I drank considerably a lot when I was back then. Yeah. So that's probably why I don't remember it. But we were there, and we're filming the video, and it was in room six, the smallest room that <laughs> smelled like a giant's pocket. It was just disgusting. And we were jammed in there, and we're filming it. We're like, we don't even know the drummer. We're going, who's your man? No memory. <laughs> I remember going, do I know? Because because our our longtime drummer, he our, our friend Neil, he had to move down to Cork, so that was the end of that. 
for for work so we're like what are we going to do so i think is one of the guys who, who joined for like a day or two I don't know, <laughs> he but he was in and we're going who's your man's name i'm trying to remember his name i've been offered wine no thanks <laughs> and um <laughs> we're like oh my god it was i'm just looking back in it and you see it and the bass i was playing at the time i remember it was a it was an aria pro 2 slb it was cliff burton's bass nice. but it was a natural wood finish and i bought it off uh you know, Mick Richards from Trackmic Studios, he had a shop yeah. on the Liffey. Um, one of the guys worked in the shop. Actually, I couldn't remember. I can't remember the name of it now. Anyway, one of the guys worked in the shop and he was selling it. He was selling it for 400 pounds. Oh, it was euros. Pounds? Or, no, euros. This was oh, euros? 2002. This was euros, yeah. I knew that was euros, yeah. It was yeah. euros, yeah. yeah. I was living in Dunleary. It was euros. And uh, I bought it off and he was crying <laughs> he was like, <laughs> and i bought because he had no money he was stuck so i bought it and i played it for a couple of years and i sold it back to him for 400 euro no way uh, <laughs> i rang him up and said do you want it back he's like oh my god so he <laughs> gave it to him and he was just like oh man i said much 400 quid he's like yep yeah, that'll do and that was that was like the love of his life i know? was yeah. he was just like he gave me a big hug and everything like I fair play to understand the back for the, what you got I, it for. I, that's brilliant. I, I, I felt awful. I mean, because I moved, the band I moved into then, it was all, you know, five strings and stuff, and I, I'd never get to play it again. So I was yeah. like, this guy, why deprive him? This was his pride and joy. So I rang him up just on the off chance. He's still in the market for it. And he was like, yeah, yeah. So mm. I gave it back. But seeing the pictures of that bass again, oh, I loved it. Like, it was great. I was like that. I had a, but when I, I like, you know, I, I'm only kind of starting to play bass now. As I was telling you, even a while back, but I had a beautiful uh, Ibanez Roadster from the eighties. Oh my God, it was a beautiful bass. Now it was heavy as feck, mm. as in weight, weight was. Yeah. Mm. And I sold it to one of the lads who was in Two Tails that he's gone now. Um, that was uh, Justin, and he bought it on me for a good, a really good price. And now that I'm kind of in, really, I, well, I was always interested in bass, but now that I have more of an interest in playing it now rather than it just sitting there looking nice, I'm like, God, why the, why the fact did I sell it? Like, you know, yeah. you know, it's always regret. Yeah, isn't all, it? all of these decisions, all these you, you're still insulting me for playing my five string, yeah. Me, absolutely, yeah. I, if you can't do it on four strings, don't do it at all. That's the way I look at it. Ah, it's just I five. Just got a point out today is a today's a good day. I got my seven string. Oh, from Tommen. Oh, very nice. What did like, you get? The Harry Benton. I like the Harry Bentons. I have yeah, to say, Harry Benton, Benton, yeah. brilliant. Yeah, very good. There's some beautiful basses actually as well. I was looking at at yeah. one point. No, they do, they do, but their their guitar line is. Great, <laughs> for mm. nothing. <laughs> like, but yeah, for the prices you're paying, they're brilliant. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So I'm just waiting to give that a go now. Yeah. It's, it's nice and it's 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 very comfortable to play, and it's just it's it's not too heavy. Could you, you know, incorporate? Could you incorporate seven string into the, the dystopian stuff? Well, that's that's exactly what I was saying to Ivan. I, I just I thought to myself, well, look, I mean, you know, in a lot of the cases, you know, Ivan always will choose to go down to that lower note. So let's yeah. say in a lower D or something like that. It'd be nice if, if, if even my guitar could do that. Not for the older songs, but for anything new that we... As the option, I mean, yeah, I use the five string a lot of our songs, mm. but use it for like low D, low B, especially when the guys are playing nice shimmering acoustics. Yeah. It's just nice to kind of, like, I'm never sitting there chugging open B. Like, yeah. 
never never doing that like it's always just nice have to the have e to, in mind you know yeah it's always yeah. just nice to to have that to have the option have yeah the option of course yeah i know so, I, mean, I'm so I, I do know that <laughs> it's always nice to like you know. I should have told you the six string fretless. You were like, ah! <laughs> yeah. No, do you know what does annoy me though, lads? And you do see these lads with fucking eight string basses and all this. Like, there's more and more and more. Huh. Like, yeah, yeah, you, can you play those? That's the thing. Can you actually play them? I find that very hard to, to, to fathom, really. Yeah. Why you would actually need a bass that low, you know? I can understand an eight string guitar, but even at that, yeah. you know. Well, see, an eight-string bass is usually actually high. Yeah, high. it's a mixture of low and high, and mostly. But that's the same. Yeah, it's the same with the eight-string guitar. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but you find a lot of these lads that are playing eight, nine, ten-string basses. It's just that gent, gent stuff, isn't it? Yeah. But it's not even proper. Really, it's just really. It's just not. And when I say noise, I don't mean like in a sense. It's just. I don't know. It's just useless. So it I, I would, it's like they're not getting the full use of it. All those strings. Yeah, that's the old screaming out. Point. Mm. No, it, it, there it, are bands that do that well, though. They actually use it to, the, to its full effect. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, even like, uh, you know, Jeremy by Pearl Jam. Yeah. yeah. That's a 12 string bass. Mm. Yeah. The intro is a 12 string bass. The whole thing's played a 12 string bass. Wow. And it's just that kind of almost harp like yeah. kind of effect. You can get it with certain pedals. I mean, Electro Harmonics do a thing called the POG, which is a polyphonic octave generator. And that does the 12 string effect. If you're if you're one if you're one octave, one low and one above, and it kind of gives that kind of twelve stringy kind of kind of vibe. Mm. Um, but like a, like Hytham's got his, his his seven string to try, and I've used this lockdown to kind of redo my whole sound. I've been using a set of pedals for the last ten years that have like right, they're gone. Move on to something different. So I've been building them up slowly, slowly, and I'm I got some new toys. I just can't wait to hear how loud they sound. Brilliant, brilliant. So, um, now that you, we can kind of all kind of see each other, he's gonna he's gonna try and start getting those songs done. Yeah, that's the plan. I mean, yeah, just texting there this evening. Um, one of the lads is in a he's in a um, high risk group, so you know mm. we, we got to be careful. We can get in and be around each other. So he came yeah. up there today. He's like, yeah, I can go. So. Excellent. You know, the the travel we can all travel within county now. Yeah. So, That's um, fantastic. So yeah, and our studio is nice and big. So like we're fortunate that way we can all be far away from each other yeah. in the same kind of space. So we're looking at getting back to the room again and start hashing those out. We haven't Excellent. played together in months. <laughs> months. Uh, November. Was that yeah. when the little the repro? Or the, no, when was the? Uh... Remember the, the the lockdown was stopped for well, a week or two. Yeah, it was November, it was early November, November, late October, early November was the last time we were on the room together. We had the last, we had the last. Exactly. No, it shaved my head at that stage. Oh, it? <laughs> <laughs> it's been but years then, since you've had hair, dude. <laughs> oh, tell me about it. Point choice. Point choice. Point choice. Exactly. But Carl, here's a question for you. Uh, when, what was the last gig that you saw? Jesus, I can't even remember, actually. And I know that just sounds like a lazy answer, but I can't. It would have probably one of the ones I played, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. You know? No, actually, no. I know what it was. Sorry. I uh, well, I think it was uh, Ghost in the Tree Arena. I think 
Oh, right. Oh, cool. Yeah, I wouldn't have been going to one because, like, Jake's only three, so I wouldn't have been going to an awful lot of gigs at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that was a fantastic gig, and Kerry was at that gig with us as well, like, you know. So, uh, yeah. yeah, she she's seen Slayer three times, you know. So, Dark, she you don't get him in, man. Absolutely. But just, um, Arlene was pregnant with her when we went to see Slayer in the, in the, in the point. Mm. And two days later, she dropped. <laughs> you know that that'll do it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. What was the last <laughs> gig you saw, Hayden? Uh, the last gig I saw was Devon Townsend. Was in, that in uh, Vicker Street, was it? In the Academy. That was brilliant. That was, and then the very next day, we were playing our gig. I was in Vicker, uh, so that was the last. Bus. Yeah. The last gig essentially was one that I played. Really, one that you played, yeah. Yeah, mine was Testament in the stadium. Testament. I, I was, I was raging. I couldn't go to that. Come You're on. just down the road from that. I, literally over, over the bridge. Yeah. 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 It was just perfection. Like it was just, it was just, it was amazing. I literally, what a way to end it. And then the whole tour ended up getting COVID in Italy. And then like, a, like a while later, all the back in the states, when we all had it. But it, was, <laughs> it was just phenomenal. Meaning, me, Ingrid, my wife, were there, and they're just oh, with amazing. We, we got seats when we thought we were seats, but weren't. We were right on the floor, except we were just one up. Oh, you, brilliant! You had a chair in front of you. You're like this much off the floor, so you could just see over everyone's head. And we're like right away from the crowd. Ah, oh, it was brilliant. just phenomenal. Brilliant. They're they're an amazing band live, aren't they? Testament. They've, I saw them in Vicker Street with yeah. uh, with uh, Vader. I think it was. Oh, savage. savage. You want to see them in a small, you know, medium-sized yeah. venue. That's what you really want. You know? Yeah. It was the medium-sized venue, and it was the sheer volume and the crystal clear clarity of it. Like, there was no... The sound was amazing. No man. white noise. No, like, they were really heavy, really loud, but crystal clear. Like, no... Oh, it was amazing. Like, I have some videos on my phone, and I just got my brand new phone at the time, and I was like, look at the video of this thing. <laughs> it was like, when, whenever, whenever I... That's whenever I seen Testament, they've always been supporting somebody bigger, and they've always yeah. got the bad end of the stick when it comes to yeah, sound. Yeah, always get shafted that way. Yeah, yeah big time. And it's weird because the first time I saw them was 2017, and I'd wanted to see them for years, and I three times. I went That's in the in the O2, wasn't it? No, I, it wasn't. It was in Vicker Street. I the one um, I went to, was it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I, what happened was we were on our wedding anniversary to see Metallica in Vienna, and then we flew home the next day to see Testament, and Ing Ingrid wasn't well. And she was like, I was like, I'm not going to go. She said, no, you have to go. This is going to be the fourth time you've a ticket and not gone to see them. Because something always came up and I wasn't able to go. It's like, you know, it was like, oh, Jesus. So she's like, you have to go. So I went along and it was, oh, it was that guy, That gig was amazing, wasn't it? It was just incredible. What was, we got in, we got there late and me and Darren from the band and my buddy Ferg, we got there late. And so we had a couple of drinks. We're trying to warm our way in, and you know, in Vicar Street, you got the kind of entrance way, yeah. And there's a kind of load of like like seats just this way, yeah. So we yeah. just hopped the barrier to the seats and stood up, and we we're just right over everybody, <laughs> and no one cared then because the gig was full, and we had our drinks in front of us, and we could just see right across the crowd. That's that's the thing, right? Brilliant. That's that's the thing about it now. It's like no longer do you care about being up the front when you get to a certain age. It's like, yes, I just want to be able to see everything. Yeah, I want to have a drink. Have a drink comfortable and see it like yeah. i'll never i'll never forget like the, the best show i've ever seen i have to say this hands down uh, nothing's come close is uh ramstein in uh, oh, Arena. it was and amazing we the balcony right at the front just you can see everything 
just that was one of my favorite gigs I've ever been to. I have to say, Un- unbelievable. <clears throat> you know, because yeah. Ireland, they're one of Ireland's favorite bands, mm. and I wasn't overly mad into them. But of course, one of our favorite bands are coming. Of course, I'm going to bring her to see them. You know, you have to go. And we had a fantastic night. A fantastic, and that's what you want from a gig. You want a fantastic night. Yeah. You know, what so we before. definitely would go and see, definitely go and see them again if they yeah. come over. Big time. You know? <clears throat> There's another band that's had to cancel twice now. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Ozzy is not coming back, lads. No. It was, you know, someone was saying that to me last night actually that he still has the ticket and I was like why didn't you just get a re- refund yeah now like he's not able to perform anymore no you know and he's too far gone really yeah and I don't know if that's his choice or if it's his manager's choice whether yeah. she keeps making him do tours for money or whatever but it's not like they're short of a few quid like you know exactly holding out hope to see him again on his own I saw him in the point. Or sorry, the, would, it, would it have been the tree arena? Oh. The point was the black rain. Yeah, yeah. Point, yeah. That was with black label society, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, that was an amazing. It was gig. brilliant. And brilliant. It, was like, it was a real fans gig. He played nothing but album tracks. It's, yeah, like it was so good. Like it was really, really, really good. No, the, only, si- the only time I ever got a ticket to go and see him was to never punch us down the Elsfest. I do. What a Where gig! He never turned up. I know. Well, the sure. We were, oh, the, we, were the, we were drinking. Was... We were drinking that day, and I was only going down to see him. I didn't really care about anybody else. And we were drinking at the pub that day, and our mates went down and said, "Oh, he's cancelled." We were like, "Fucking deadly!" Just sat in the pub, <laughs> it didn't bother. Oh no, it was. I mean, I obviously was there to see Slayer and like System of a Down and a few others. Right, but when I heard fucking t- like I used to like till right. Until they start with that, what was that with that lateralist and all that kind of stuff? All up, from all that kind of stuff on, I was like, oh my god, it's snooze fest. That's just my opinion now. I know you, yeah. you probably love them, and that's fine. It's gas. I, I that's love, when I, I started love, to really like them. I knew it. <laughs> I love, I love, the, I love Enema, and I love uh, Lateralis. But anything after that, like Ten Thousand Days, for example, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, it never, it never, I, it never grew on me. It you ages know? you Ten Thousand Days, doesn't it? Well. <laughs> Like, that's the thing. I never just one or I'm two. Not, I'm not listening to this. I'm not listening to this anymore. <laughs> I love Undertow. Undertow is a savage. Yes, oh, that was the first yes. one I got by them. Mm. And so I've seen great. them in. I've like. I mean, I saw them in. Um, was it the SFX they played? I think it was I the SFX. Yeah, the and, yeah. and that was an actual. That was actually a deadly gig. That was fantastic. Yeah. yeah, but when I saw them at Punchestown, I was falling asleep. You know. Yeah. I don't think they'd lend themselves to a festival. They're, they're, no. You go see them on their own. You know, yeah. you know like you say, in, in the SFX, it was just them, I think, wasn't it? Was yeah, it? that was the last gig I saw in the SFX. Yeah. As well. And yeah. they were, and the, um, Maynard was just in, in, in all, like he was in denim jeans and a denim t- short. There was no yeah. mad theatrics. It was just, it was cool. Yeah. You know, I have that to say. Brilliant. Yeah. But, um, that, that, there was some great gigs in that venue, wasn't there? The SFX. Uh, I, I remember the first gig I ever saw there was uh, Extreme. Wow. In 1990, I'm going to say two. Yeah. And uh, who was the band that was supporting? A band called Gruntruck. Gruntruck? Yeah. They supported Pantera as well. They supported Pantera too, yeah. Was that the... Was that the... The, um... the Vulgar tour. Vulgar. Yeah. That, yeah. Was, that was my second gig. <laughs> that was my... I think that was my second gig as well, actually, to be honest. Well, mm. I, I saw Sepultura there uh, for the KSED tour. 
Rise is there, would you? Yep. Bonus 15. And I remember headbanging so hard and get up for school the next day. I put it in my head. Mum was like, go to school. I was like, Jesus. I was, I'm really, I used to, there was guys in there in the toilets. And so I was really good at rolling cigarettes, even though I don't smoke. I was really good at it. So I was in the toilet and I was charging people a pound to roll their joints at them really fast. So they just hand them on the toilet and I'll sit there. Yeah, yeah. I think I made like fifty quid. It was great. <laughs> now that's well, that's that's uh, enterprising for you, you know. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Um, who, well, yeah. Who would other bands are you listening to at the minute? By the way, what's tickling your fancy? Anything different or new or new? Not a lot. I'm kind of. Uh, I'm not going to hate it, but <laughs> actually listen to Tools' new album. <laughs> so yeah, listen to that, but um. Uh, see, I also love uh, Dave Matthews Band and Steve Wilson. Yeah. So mm. I've been listening to lots of Steve Wilson and Dave Matthews lately. I've been and, listening uh, to, uh, like, I've got a fairly, when it comes to metal, a fairly kind of eclectic kind of taste. So I've been listening from everything to kind of, you know, Within Temptation, uh, Floyd Janssen, Evergrey. Evergrey's new stuff is fantastic. It's just his voice is just amazing. Yeah. Uh, and What's the gig space for a Eurovision entry? Yeah, what? well, they, they they played a fantastic they played they played a fantastic uh, gig in in the Voodoo Lounge there back a year and a half ago. That was absolutely fantastic. Uh, and I'm also listening to this band from I'm gonna say they're from they're from Denmark called Beast B A E S T. Oh, you know them, yeah. Oh my God! I mean, what the the, the riffs now? I was you you wouldn't be a big fan because of the the low growls. Yeah, it's it's that old school kind of obituary you know nice oh it's just it's fantastic let's say i just i think it's great i think anything really that 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 sort of piques my interest is, is it something that's different doesn't necessarily have to be new but repackaged in a new way is good like, yeah yeah i didn't think i'd be into it but i mean i've been listening watching all their videos and listening to their stuff on spotify i just think it's fantastic i'm after rediscovering a bit of death metal again like you know like you know I, just, I was never a huge death metal fan yeah but i'm back listening to this like death metal that i would have never listened to or uh even believe it or not uh certain uh, aspects of black metal i've only really getting into now you know which is for me is yeah. mental you know that's something i could never i could never get my head around it and and not so much the voice because I mean, Chuck in the the last album, Sound of Perseverance, that death album, that's a fantastic album. Mm. He, he, he kind of takes on that kind of black metal high pitch, yeah, kind of screech, and it works. But uh, I, it, the, for me, most black metal, the production is too. I, I don't want to use the word offensive, but it's too grating. Yeah, the that's the style, though. Isn't it? That's, yeah, that's what they like. That's what watch. they yeah. yeah, I have to do. I am. I am a fan of the face paint. The walking through the forests. <laughs> That should be a photo shoot for you, lads. That, that, kind of, kiss that, for that. that kind of does it for me. Do you like Kiss, lads? No. They were never. They, 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 they do. Never I'll be honest. They have, a, they have some fantastic numbers. They have fantastic songs. Yeah. They really one do. My, one of my all-time favorite songs is by Kiss. Which yeah. One? Which one? Loud. Yeah. That's shout it loud. Shout it loud, is it? I think that might be called that. I think it was called shout it, shout it. No, 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 no. no. Loud, oh, loud. Yeah. Loud. Rapid, but, but look, we can't forget, we can't forget Manowar. Listen, I will have nothing. Oh, I will have not a bad word said 
against the men in loincloths. Well, apart thankfully, from, apart, apart from, from Carlo, kitty, apart yeah. from the kitty fiddler has been arrested. Oh dear, the rest of them, like Joey DeMeo. I mean, that's so it's so insane. It's great. Yeah, I just watched a documentary on them actually. There. Oh, very interesting. It's just up on YouTube. Oh right, his voice, yeah. Eric Adams' voice is just so it's shocking. Yeah. It's not real. It's humans can't do that. It's just amazing. Him doing um, Nessun Dharma was fantastic. Oh, unbelievable. You know, it's, it's very, it was a nice That's surprise. Oh, yeah. I'd be interested yeah. to hear that now. Absolutely. That next on my list. Awesome. So, um, gentlemen, I think I've kept you for long enough. Absolutely. This is great. It's yeah, been, okay, I, could, I could do this all night, to be honest. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So we could. Put it off for so long, and we're so glad we saw because we'd nothing to talk about. <laughs> we'd nothing to, yeah. we'd nothing new. Like, well, hey, it proves it proves we we could talk about stuff because we talked about your EP for a little bit. Yeah, and we're that, is, that is true. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> but it's That's always great bit. to see. It's always great to see, uh, my friends. You know, and it's it's great to be talking about again new music. It's yeah. new music to all of us. You know, and um, it's fun. It sounds great. And Thank you. Thanks, man. Yeah. Oh, before we go, yeah, lyrics. Who's the chief lyricist in the band? Right. Is there any particular? Because I haven't divulged into it properly yet. And as a lyricist, I always ask the lyricist, "What's going on with the lyrics in this?" You don't have to tell me exactly every story, but uh, what way do you write, basically? I, I, well, <laughs> of the last couple of times, we we'll, we'll write a track. And the guys will name it. <laughs> I have to kind of put something that goes to the name. Um, but no, uh, listen, we, whatever, whatever pops to mind, whatever is in, whatever's in my mind at the time. Uh, the great filter was a great idea. Hytham gave about a, you know, reaching, reaching past your solar system and what would happen if you did or what's the consequences of that. So the great filter is, is incorporated into that. The Iron Way, which is the first track, is about anxiety. So, it's just struggles with anxiety, who does what and whatever, and that's kind of what that's about. Uh, Dystopian was actually the original song. We had, we couldn't get the, we couldn't remember the vocal melody for the chorus because it was quite <laughs> intricate. So I said, listen, I'll throw some lyrics around it and we remember it that way. So I wrote some lyrics about it. And then I remembered a, a video game years and years ago, my friend's brother helped design called Beneath the Steel Sky. Mm-hmm. And I kind of just took elements of what I remember from that kind of dystopian imagery of living in a very oppressive kind of vibe and made it about that and dreams of better of better worlds. And then Reprise, uh, sorry, not Reprise, um, Decline Reprise, which is the fourth track, is the third song in a tree song cycle from our second release and that was the first time i've ever sat down to write a complete story mm-hmm. where i actually went this has got a start a middle and an end because it was a 20 minute song and i wanted it to be about the downfall of somebody and that's just what it was about so this first first song or song cycle is about their rise the second part is about how they you know plateau out and then the third part is how it all comes apart on and that can be anybody. That can be anybody's day. It can be a politician. It can be anybody. Yeah. It's how things build you up. You get used to it and it just comes down. It could awesome. be a nation, you know? Exactly. You know? It could be a nation. Yeah. It, it could be anything. Yeah. It's all about 
that. So, um, so although the third song may sound, the lyrics may not sound as if they're connected because there's a whole, you know, 90 minutes missing off the rest of them. <laughs> but the, the catchy bits are there. That's all you want. That's all you want. <laughs> well, that's awesome, man. Thanks for, uh, as I say, I always ask that of, uh, of lyricists, you know, it's always interesting to hear stories, you know. Well, the guys uh, slag me because they say I have to give them a, you know, a dictionary to go with it. That's okay. It's always, uh, fun, it's always yeah. fun to throw a word in, a word in that's never going to rhyme. Just throw it in there. See if you can fit it in. If you did that on me now, if you did, if you were writing lyrics for me and you did that, some that doesn't rhyme, I'd actually lose the plot because like, I'm very simplistic in my approach, you know? you got to figure out how to get it in there, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, I'll leave that for you. That's okay. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> Gentlemen, it's been an absolute pleasure and thank you so much for coming on to the show. You know, no, thank you man it was brilliant and long overdue and thank you so much for having us and we will do something else like this again in the future and i, I will talk to you about that off off uh, screen <laughs> excellent all right so gentlemen oh, before i am by the way can we get physical copies of the ep or is it just digital only it's digital just at the moment digital at the moment um, okay we, we've gone all digital for the last while right and it's all available on Bandcamp and all, is it? Yeah, it's on Bandcamp, Spotify, Amazon Music, Reverb Nation, iTunes as well. iTunes, yeah, it's across, it kind of, it replicated all platforms there um, a couple of days ago. I just haven't updated the list yet. But yeah, pretty much every digital every digital platform, it's, it's out there. Cool. Well, sure, we'll have links up on, on the video after when this is all done. So if anyone wants to, you know, support the band. Be sure yeah. to check out our YouTube channel as well. Absolutely, oh, yeah. absolutely. There's loads of videos up on the YouTube channel. Yeah, awesome. Okay, gentlemen, we are going to get the hell out of here. And uh, we will see you soon. And so Kingwell's Court is out of here. Cheers. <laughs>